Hi, and welcome back to the show, your Ultimate Playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. All right. Well, if it's your first time joining us, welcome. If uh, you're returning for the second time or the zillion time, welcome back. Um, what I guess really quick kind of a rundown of what we do here. We have a couple sides. Side A is where we pick a topic and our favorite song, our favorite choice track based on that topic. And then side B, we discuss a full length album selected by one of the hosts. And uh, we pick our favorite songs from that album as well. Um, so let's go ahead and drop that needle on side A. All right. So... I am a big fan of blues music. Now, I'll be honest, I have not listened to a lot of blues these days, but uh, I definitely had uh, I, I had a, a, a keen interest in blues back in college. Um, I went really, really deep into uh, blues history, and I wanted to get to know all the different artists, which uh, is pretty impossible. There's so many out there, but I definitely really liked blues music uh, in college and then outside of college. Um, my interest kind of waned a little bit, but I still really, really like the music. Um, and so we're going to our, our topic for this episode is our favorite choice track, uh, classical blues music before 1970. So classic blues music before 1970. And the one I chose is actually one of my favorite blues musicians. Um, I was actually a big fan of his in college when I was introduced to him. The song is Trouble in Mine by Lightning Hopkins. Trouble in mind, I'm blue, but I won't be blue always. So, Lighting Hopkins, or Samuel John Lighting Hopkins, was born in 1912. He died in 1982. Uh, he's from Texas. Uh, he actually died in Houston, Texas. He was primarily a, a Texas musician. Um, he lived in Houston for about 35 years. Um, he primarily played in Texas in the late 40s and 1950s. Um, but he's a, he's a, a legendary blues musician. One of the greatest guitarists uh, of all time. Even Rolling Stone put him in the top 100 Rolling what uh, top 100 guitarists. Um, he was a, a poet, a, a great writer, a fantastic guitarist. Um, he influenced so many different people. Uh, influenced such artists as Towns Van Zandt and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, the song itself, I think the first time I was introduced to it was on a Greatest Hits album I had in college. This is how much I like Lightning Hopkins. I didn't have a lot of posters in my dorm room. I had a poster of Lightning Hopkins on my, on my wall in my dorm room. That's how much I like Lightning Hopkins. Um, he definitely will go down as one of my, my favorites, uh, and it blues musician. Um, the song itself, Though he was uh, a songwriter, um, this was actually a cover, but I really like this version. I really like his music. I really like the guitar. Uh, it's, it's just, 
his voice has always just been phenomenal and unique and he stands out. Um, and I just think this is one of the greatest covers. The song originally was written, oh man, I would say back in like the 1920s, I believe. Um, and, uh, it was originally written by uh, a jazz pianist. Um, but he really makes it his own. And uh, of all the covers out there, and there's quite a few, I think this is definitely one of the best. Um, so yeah, that's my blues song is uh, Trouble in Mind by Lightning Hopkins. So I never heard the song before. I, I really liked it um, a, a lot. So I, I mean, so most blues, well, okay, blues in themselves, like it's as a, when I was younger, my favorite genre of music by far. I didn't go deep into it, you know, in college like you did, but I always, the, the blues more than anything else always speaks to my soul. <laughs> it, for me, it's soul music. Um, and this one more than, than most because it just that is that blues riff and it's blues and then the, the messaging behind it just where it's like, yeah, things are bad now, but things are going to be better in the future. But it's like, it's that, that like, yeah, things are bad, but they're going to be better. And you're like, it's just so optimistic and hopeful. And it's like, yeah, you, you can't gain more, more soulful than that. So, um, but yeah, I have never heard this uh, song before, but I liked it a lot for sure. Cool. Yeah, this was a knockout for me. Office has always been cool. And, uh, the pioneer on the list, um, especially when it comes to traditional blues sound and, and the optics. Uh, the octaves that are being used in what he's voice within the track itself. Um, like it, it, you don't, it, this don't make you pull a, a cup of whiskey and just sit back and chill and listen to it. I don't know what will. This, this pulls at the, at the heart strength. So, yeah, this is definitely a good pick. Good pick. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, I think, it, uh, so a lot of, a lot of blues is, I don't think it's always that optimistic. <laughs> I think, I mean, yeah, this, this song kind of has like that. I don't give a fuck feel to it. You know, <laughs> shit's, shit's going to be the way it is, but, uh, what the fuck do I care? Cause I got, I got a porch and a guitar and a harmonica and a glass of whiskey or whatever. Hound dog. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of how I picture myself singing the blues someday. But yeah, I think, What's really interesting, Brandon, like this song mentions Jerry Lee Lewis, and is that that's the Jerry Lee Lewis that we all know, right? I'm not sure if it is or not, because if this song was written in the 1920s, Jerry Lee Lewis was not around then, unless he tweaked the song. I, I don't have the information. I guess I don't know you. how old Jerry Lee Lewis is. <laughs> well, he wasn't around in the 1920s, at least not as a musician. Maybe he's might have been a little. He might have been a little kid. He's yeah. He was uh. Or singing blues songs about him <laughs> when he was five. Uh, I don't think it's him. Um, what's your theory, Tash? <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, or we discover proof of time traveling. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I, I love, I, I do love some Lightning Hopkins. I think it's a really good pick, Brandon. Uh, definitely. I like the feel of that slowed down blues compared to a lot of the blues that I've, I've heard. Um, and when listening to stuff for this episode, 
I found a lot of it was more about a woman. <laughs> and this didn't really seem to go there as much. So it was kind of more about your life, you know, not just pertaining to love, but there's a little bit of that in there too. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely like it was a slower riff in this one. And I, I like that, but I also tend to go with it. I tend to like faster blues, but I like variety too. So, yeah, I got that. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and move on and uh, let's see what else everybody chose. So, Damon, what was your choice track? Yeah, so I chose I chose Muddy Waters because Muddy Waters was something. It was the music I listened to when I was a little bit younger. Um, I don't know if it was like my sister likes blues and stuff like that too. And I mentioned how she was kind of an influence musically, so that's probably where I heard some of that first. And then just kind of checking out some different albums when I was younger. I you know I I think. My dad had a lot of records. I don't think he had a lot of blues records, but my my uncle's a drummer. He's a musically music person, kind of a musical family. And but money, yeah. So Money Waters is always like a name I knew, and he definitely has seen it. Seems about I don't know what he's seen it about half the time because some of the early stuff was it seemed kind of raunchy, you know. It seemed kind of like wow, what kind of what kind of life are you living, Muddy? But um, yeah, so. His name's his real name is McKinley Morganfield, and he, he was. I, th- I thought it was interesting. He was born in 1913, but they don't know if it was 1913 or 1914. I think that's what it was. So they're not really exactly sure when he was born in the the Mississippi Delta. Uh, sounds like it would have been a very different time, uh, different environment from what I from what I've seen growing up. Uh, it definitely, obviously, wasn't the same time period, but. I think that would have been interesting. I think growing up in that time would have been like, yeah, it would have been kind of like a neat, neat, but also very trying time with, I, I know there's a lot of racism, obviously. I think you got something to sing about when, <laughs> when things are getting a little bit, you know, hairy, precarious, you know, in your life, or you can't, you can't even walk outside, you know, your door without, being afraid for your life or wondering what's going to happen next. But that's not how he's thought about. I think uh, Muddy Waters was singing a lot about his relationships. And, um, but this is kind of like his uh, leaving, leaving um, his home and going out, doing something new, you know, and just obviously women in his life. I think that's a lot of what he was saying about was women. I'm like, wow, I guess I can relate a little bit, but. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of people, a lot of people uh, got dumped back then. So, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So my my home is in the Delta. That was my pick. Well, my home's in the Delta, way out on that farmer's road. I liked I liked the pace of the song. That's that's kind of, that's kind of. Uh, other than, you know, the whole leaving your lady or leaving your woman or, you know, she leaves you. <laughs> the, song, the the lyrics are, a lot of his lyrics are pretty, I think, a little bit depressing, but 
kind of cool to listen to. You know, his story. Man, if you if you actually pay attention to it, the blues and country got so much in common. They're so intertwined. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. It's it's it, you know especially when you're talking about relationships and my baby left me and and the whole nine. It is way different than it is today. Like back then, they would they would be crying and then feel like they couldn't go on without their baby. And now it's. Now it sounds like, bitch, fuck you. <laughs> and, and just going out there and throwing it out there like, I don't care anymore. But it's like, you know, back then you actually had a soul when you had to listen to this kind of music. And, and Muddy Waters is definitely you know, top tier list. So, you know, for you picking this pick, I was like, yep, yeah, that, that works. Because that's right up your alley. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been with the same woman for over 20 years. But. <laughs> But I feel like right before that, I was I was like singing Muddy Waters songs in my sleep. Yeah, you was in your whole phase. Yeah, I think I was I was probably too young to even have that. But yeah, I think yeah, it could you go both ways. You have to have a whole phase. <laughs> whole phase. Everybody's yeah. had a breakup at one point. It was like, oh my god, my life is over. And then two weeks later, you meet somebody else. I'm like, oh okay, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely relate to a little bit of this. And this is a slower Money of Waters, too. Yeah. Not all this stuff is a slow. So I, I, the, the album itself, I, I actually have, I own this one. Um, I'm a big fan nice. of Folk Singer, the album. Uh, yeah. This, this might be my favorite Muddy Waters album because I really like that sound. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I think this is a great song. I mean, that, that was, that, he, he was another artist. That definitely was on heavy rotation when I was really getting into blues back in college. And, uh, you know, when I thought of Muddy Waters, like my first introduction to him was probably more of the Chicago sound, Chicago blues. Yeah, because he's from Chicago, right? Right. And there's a different sound with between Mississippi Delta and Chicago blues. Yeah. And a big (laughs) difference. And I probably gravitate more towards like the Mississippi, Mississippi Delta sound than I do yeah. Chicago. Uh, and so when I found Folk Singer, I, you know, and, and I, you know, I knew like Manish Boy and, you know, songs like that by him. When I heard Folk Singer, I'm like, whoa, this is a very different Muddy Waters. And, uh, I, yeah, I think it's a great album. I think it's a great choice. I think it's a great song. Uh, so kudos to you for picking Muddy Waters. I, I, it's excellent. Oh, yeah, man. That, that goes right back to our, uh, we can relate if it's before 1998 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I listened to, I think, almost the whole album. But this this was definitely my favorite because it had that really good slowed down guitar. And he's just, like, you can you can really just hear, like, his emotion in it. And not that you can't at all his music. But it does change. His music changes throughout his career, and that's like a lot of artists. But long span of music for this guy. Died in '83, I think. So yeah. that gives you an idea. So, so I I liked it a lot. Um, it, I've heard of Muddy Waters before. I'm, I can't remember if I've heard this particular song before, but uh, yeah. yeah. Again, everything that was picked this week, I really liked a lot. So. Uh, but yeah, just can really deal with that 
that heartbreak that she left him and now he has to go back down down south. He's leaving Chicago to go back down south. So but yeah, it was yeah, I can totally get that. <laughs> yeah, he's sad, man. Yeah. But uh he's I going mean, back to the Delta. Right. Honestly, I would leave Chicago to go back down south too, because you're always <laughs> gonna find a girl down south. Whereas Chicago is a little bit more fast paced and they ain't trying to deal with Delta. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that might be nicer there. I don't know. <laughs> Just a little bit faster pace. Right? <laughs> I heard yeah. that. So. All right. Cool. Well, good choice there, Damon. Um, Diedrich, what do you got? Uh, so, the person that I picked is kind of, he's on the radar, but he's kind of off the radar. Um, I kind of went Taj's route a little bit here. Um somebody that I've been knowing about for a good a little while now. Um, so uh, his name was Amos Blakemore Jr. For those that don't know, uh, he known stage name by Junior Wells. Um, so Junior was born in the thirties during the depression. Um, he actually died in 98. It's like 68 uh, years old. No, 63. Something like that. Yeah, 63. Um, he, to me was one of those, uh, downright blues players that was kind of multiversible or how you say it, you know he, he could he could do different styles like we were talking about between chicago base and and mississippi delta but for the most part he was chicago based um even though he was born in arkansas so he definitely knows you know down south roots and the whole nine um but yeah he he definitely moved up that way and started making his music uh in chicago and one of his one of his big hits uh, came alongside him co-writing with this uh, guitarist by the name of Buddy Guy. He is a harmonica player. That was his <laughs> primary instrument. So, Taj, I knew you'd, you'd get a kick out of that. But the song was called uh, Hoodoo Man Blues. Everybody, they tell me somebody learned hoodoo the hoodoo man. Now you know I, I buzz your bell this morning. Baby. And uh, for those who don't know, kudu is a derivative of voodoo. Um, coming from West African uh, roots uh, during the Great Migration. Um, you know, they're known as being root users. They're known as being uh, uh, spiritual individuals, those who they believe that um, they can put, you know, curses on men and, and have them do things that they don't want to do or, or, or put cast a root or spell on somebody. And uh, basically the song was, you know, basically a flip within itself. Somebody who do the hoodoo man. And he's praying to the Lord because if somebody has that kind of power to do that, you know, the Lord knows what else they're they're capable of doing. So that was that was the basis of the song and where he was coming from with it. And you know, I dug it. I, I heard it back when I was, I want to say, fifteen, sixteen. Um, I've got a cousin who you know is uh, is a musician, renowned musician, jazz musicianess, but she also. Uh, sung blues on a regular basis, not only here in town, but also to California, travel the world, the whole nine with it. And this is one of her favorite artists that she would play and sing in the background. So especially with his, uh, kind of, kind of funny kind of delivery, because it sounded like he's slurring a lot of words because half the time he was drunk, uh, when he was performing. So especially when he was recording, because that was the way he can get his true feelings out. But, um, yeah, that was, that was one of my picks. What do y'all think about it? I think it's interesting that when you get introduced to blues musicians, uh, some, a lot of times it's from other people, you know, 
Um, like for me, like in college and why, you know, I went down that rabbit hole in college, I had a couple of friends that really liked blues and they introduced me to artists I had never heard of. And then of course, you know, that was the springboard. And then, you know, you, you start branching out, but they, you know, I may never have heard about, about these musicians if it had not been for, for my friends. Um, and, and then you just kind of run with it from there. Um, right. so, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder if blues is one of the few, you know, genres of music where that happens. Cause I mean, what's interesting about blues too is like, there's so much lost, loss. Like, and there, there were initiatives and organizations to help try to track down the history and the music. And there's still so much that we don't know recordings that are missing or, don't even know who the the artist was that recorded this song. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's that that could be a whole you know podcast or Ken Burns documentary. Um, so anyway, to get back to the song itself, uh, it's a great great choice. I'm not as familiar with with Junior Wells. I definitely know some songs. This is one that I may have heard, but it's been a long time. Um, I do have some albums. But I think it's like a compilation of him and a, a few different artists. Um, but yeah, I think this is a great choice. Um, the other one that you were going to do, I really liked a lot as well. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I, and it definitely made me want to go listen to more Junior Wells. And in fact, this whole podcast, I think, revitalized my love for blues. It's been such a long time. And, right. uh, you know, I definitely feel like I need to dust off some of my CDs and start listening to some of my favorites again. Cause I'm like, oh man, I, I love these dudes. These guys are so good. Uh, and, and ladies, they're fantastic right. too. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, great choice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We all picked, we all picked male artists. I think there were probably more male, uh, blues artists before 1970. But yeah, that's interesting. I now I want to do a deep dive and see what what's out there. But yeah, oh, blues. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Like you, you make a good point though, right? Like listening to various artists and so and so's choice song, you know, or like genre. Like blues definitely is something that I want to get. I want to get into more. And I wonder why I don't listen to stuff like this more. I gotta get myself out of the. 2000s or the 90s. <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta get me some records and a few more cigars to go with my whiskey. Yeah, this is my Friday nights, my Saturday nights, kicking back with some blues, man. You know, I, I gotta learn how to play the blues. But yeah, that would be a that's a whole other thing I want to do. That's but, a feeling, bro. You you, uh-huh. you got you gotta be in your feels for that one. Yeah. yeah. How to play it? Yeah, that's that's a feeling. That ain't something you just pick up and oh yeah, I got the blues. Nice. No, it's a it's a derivative feeling that you have right. to come out with and have that soul to, to just kick it out there. Not saying you don't, because you you definitely have soul to. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to play the blues, it, it's not based off of just learning a couple of notes. It's, you right. gotta find your way. Right. That's the majority oh, of the yeah. audience. That's what they did. They found their way. Well, we should start a blues band, guys. <laughs> uh, at, at least that that's what I learned from watching Crossroads with Ralph, Ralph Macchiano. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's 
That's it. Wait, it wasn't this movie for what it was. Like, that's that's like the most commercialized movie <laughs> that you could do when it comes to the blues. It was but, fun watching as a kid. So. Yes, it was very fun watching as a kid. And then you got older, it's like, why the hell did I watch this movie again? <laughs> oh, yeah. But I like, I, I do, I love Hoodoo Man Blues. Uh, I really like Junior Wells, Chicago style, raw kind of raunchy like in the clubs i see a smoke-filled room just everybody's chilling doing some swanky dirty dancing i don't know <laughs> yeah I, that's this probably one, what was happening that's right? exactly what was happening because this one was actually uh, the official title of it was junior wales and the chicago blues band so yeah nice. he took it all the way there so yeah well 1965 it also reminds me of Animal House. <laughs> I don't know what I mean, but yeah. So, all right. Like so, so, so you had me peg right, Dietrich. Like, I I love this one. Like, the harmonica came in. You're like, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> this is what I wanted. <laughs> and you're like, and then it, it, it is the shortest song of, of all the four we picked. And you're like, I wanted more. Like, why, why is this so short? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it was a good song, so it, I enjoyed it a lot. So I was like, okay. So, yes. so and thanks for explaining, because I thought the hoodoo was kind of like, because I kind of thought is it, it, now it makes more sense the, the story behind it, because I thought it was just kind of like it, kind of like a who 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 loves the the person that does everything, but it, it makes more sense now that it's like who you know. Who could be strong enough to curse the the, the hoodoo man? So it's like okay, yeah. so like that's that's a, when you got somebody like that. It's like oh hell no, we need to leave town, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can curse the cursor. I don't want to be around you. That's bad juju right there. I'm I'm good, right? For sure. But yeah, is it in? I knew who uh, Junior Wells was. Like I, I knew the name, but I didn't. I, I'll admit, I haven't heard a lot of his songs, so, but this one I, I really liked. And for some reason, I, I thought that Buddy Guy, I thought, which is the guy, there's a guy that's famous for being a, a guitarist, but it's not this Buddy Guy, right? It's a different guy, like another guy that. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was Buddy Guy. Is yeah. it the same guy? Because I thought he was known he for. He was a very like, young Buddy Guy that was on this recording. Okay. But he later became a really great guitarist right yes okay. yeah he's, he's a very famous blues musician yeah okay th that's what i thought and but th that's why i was like when you said he primarily did harmonica i didn't know if you meant like primarily in his career primarily on the song but either way like you can tell his 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 genius on it so yeah, yeah now um now junior junior was the harmonica player buddy was the guitarist and they hooked up together and wrote a lot of songs okay a lot okay. of collabs together they, they released a couple of albums together yeah, that's and such. So yeah. okay, yeah, because because Buddy's up there with like he was like I know he was way before, but he was up there with like BB King and Eric Clapton as like legendary guitarists, right? So very much so, very much. So. Okay, that's what I thought. So okay. Buddy is not to be played with, right? <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny you mentioned Eric Clapton. He does an album with BB King, which is really good. It's called Riding with the King. So if you ever get to hear that, that's a newer album, but um, it's older now, like 10, 15 years back, something like that. But yeah, Riding with the King. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. cool. All right. Well, and then finally, we have 
Taj, what's your <laughs> choice track? All right. So this choice track, it, it goes back to kind of personal roots. This was a song that my dad always used to play. Um, and then and part of it, and, and I'm not sure if I, I can remember him playing it separately on like mixed tapes, but then, uh, you know, this song is also on uh, the Blues Brothers soundtrack. And I know that movie we watched a ton. <laughs> and so, uh, but the artist I picked is Johnny Lee Hooker. And the song I picked is uh, Boom Boom. Um, so Johnny Lee uh, Hooker, um, they don't know exactly when he was born. He could have born, he could have been born in 1912, or he could have been born in 1917. Like there's like five different years that he could have been born at, because like he's said different years and people found different records. But um, anyways, he's somewhere in those five years he was born. Um, he actually wrote. Uh, the song Boom Boom uh, and released it in 1962. Um, this is, I mean, listening back now on it, um, like I always remember it being a really cool song. Uh, but, you know, listening, giving it multiple listens, you know, kind of looking at it with new eyes, like it, I kind of see where you're coming from, Damon, that it's kind of like a, a raunchy song, but like, you know, when, when, when she walks that way, you know, <laughs> like and with, with, with the words she's saying, like, you know, you just, you know, she knocks you dead. Like, where you can do, you know? So, um, it's, it was amazing. Either way, like, it, it's not very often because most blues are sad. You know, most blues are like, something bad happened to me. This is, you know, you walked in and, yeah, the, the, no, things are either hopeless or you just knocked me dead. So, but yeah. But he's trying. He's trying to get in the game. That's that's all I'm trying to say. You know. Yeah, I think this is like this is one of those blues songs for a good day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like this song. I, I I I've heard this song a lot before. And, right. Uh, yeah, John Lee Hooker is definitely a legend. Yeah. Uh, we've all picked legends, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think this is definitely like that faster pace blues that I was talking about that you don't hear with all the songs, but <laughs> definitely does does it right. And yeah, it's, uh, it's about a woman, I guess, right? <laughs> a stacked woman. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. She, she's sexy, bro. <laughs> she, yeah. when you get, he had me when he said that baby talk. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, well, she, walk in, she walks in, everybody's jaws drop. They start dropping <laughs> glasses on the floor. You know, the whole place is like the music. You hear that record stops. I know it's not politically correct, but this is that Looney Tunes, you know, the, the tongue goes rolling out and the hookah, you know. Hey, that's exactly where I was going to go with it. And he's like, a baby wants a rabbit, maybe he gets a rabbit. Right. <laughs> well, his buddy's sitting on a platter like, hello, doll. Like, yeah, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's what I got from that. Woo! Pretty good song, man. Good pick. <laughs> Thank you. I love how all A measures just in my helmet. Right? Yeah, it's the whole, so it's like, like the whole song. Well, is that how, is that how blues kind of, there's like obviously a style to it. There's a way to play it. 
other than right. your emotion, right? Like so, like there's like certain styles of like a repetition of beat, right? I don't know. So, I don't know much about it. It, it uh, um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily repetition of beat. I would say it's more so just about the flow of the song in general. Like this one had that definitely two four stop, you know, coming in on on the part and, and the band knows when to come in and when to play and all that. I mean, you got other parts where a lot of it could be easily be freestyle and there's no straight chords to it. You know, it's just, okay. it's really filling yeah. in the rhythm of what's going on unless you actually got words to it because blues, you know, is a subset of jazz where you can literally have no lyrics to the song and still convey the feeling out through the instruments. So it's, it's whatever the artist decides to, to, to get out at whatever point they're feeling. Oh yeah. Awesome. Hey. And so what I didn't realize, just throw, I know Brandon hasn't gone yet, but um, he later in in 1970, he re-released the song with his cousin, Earl uh, Hooker, uh, but they they called it Bang, 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 Bang. So four bangs, but it's the exact same song, but rather than boom, boom, it's bang, bang, bang. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like everything else is the same. They just replaced booms with with bangs. I like the booms better. I, I like the booms better too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Got more feeling to it. Brandon, what you think about it? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, the song is classic, you know, like chances are you've heard it, even though you may not know you've heard it, but it's, it's been out there forever. And definitely blues brothers is a good example where, you know, it definitely hit the mainstream. Um, and there's so many versions that John Lee Hooker himself did of this song, um, you know, with different artists. Like one that I always think of, there was a uh, like John Lee Hooker playing with his friends album from like the late 90s. And I think he did the song with Jimmy Vaughn. Um, mm. So anyway, yeah, I mean, the song's great. And, you know, no matter what version that John Lee Hooker did or. Uh, they're, it's, they're, they're always just fun. And, uh, it, yeah, it's a classic. I mean, it's classic for a reason. And John Lee Hooker is, you know, another, another legend and for good reason. So, um, yeah, I mean, great choice, you know? <laughs> Thank you. So. And also, Bruce Willis has a blues band played in Austin <laughs> at least once at Antept. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a yeah. <laughs> you brought blues legend himself, Bruce Willis. <laughs> hey, I'll say this. You brought up Bruce Willis. You brought up Jimmy Vaughn. Let's give a quick shout out to Stevie Ray Vaughn. Right. We're going to talk about guitarists and, and the whole nine and those who actually had the soul. He has soul. Let's, let's just, you know, RIP shout out the whole nine, but I just want to throw him off in there. Somebody who who definitely played in Austin a lot and, and had a had a lot of um standing in the city when it came to music. So yeah, it, yeah. I actually it of the few blues albums I had as a kid, one of those was Stevie Ray uh, Vaughn uh, it, that I actually had on CD. Like, and, and I'm surprised because I didn't have. I didn't have Eric or I didn't have BB King. I had like the Blues Brothers soundtrack and and then Stevie Ray. So it's like, but that's kind of how how popular he got. 
So, guys, I already said you're an old soul, bro. You're like <laughs> eighty in a forty-year-old body. <laughs> Not only an old soul, but he's old. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> what's what's Stevie Ray's like most famous, popular songs? Like Texas Flood, or is that an album? Texas Flood. No, it's the name of a song too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I I kind of gravitate to, but. I love his statue here too. So if you ever get to visit Austin, listeners, if you don't, if you've never been here, there's lots of cool music, but there's stuff like a Stevie Ray Vaughan statue. We got legends, man. All I'm gonna say, we got legends. That's for don't sure. Check us out in Austin. Don't don't worry about South Dakota where Todd is at. They ain't got great. Yeah. <laughs> so I want South Dakota listeners. What's up? But yeah, we 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 here in Texas. We we rep that. So. Let's, tell, let's go to South Dakota. They have good like French fries or something. No, we got good stuff. Good food. It, I'll cover it later. So okay. It, was there um, anything else you guys want to, to say? Uh, right. I think it's a good time to flip over to that side B. Okay. All right. Let's go and drop the needle on side B. So, uh, Brandon. Yeah. You had some homework, like appropriate homework to, to go with the, the main theme and topic. I know. Imagine that. It was almost like it was planned. <laughs> yeah. Dun, so, dun, dun. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. So you guys' homework was to listen to an album that I selected last time. And uh, the album that I picked was Should Have Been Home by Robert Cray or the Robert Cray Band from... 2001. Um, so, you know, just a little backstory about Robert Cray, and then I'll, I'll get a little more personal. Um, right. Robert Cray was born in 1953. When he was 20 years old, he decided he wanted to form a band. He had seen some of his favorite musicians, blues legends, like Muddy Waters and Albert Collins and Freddie King. Um, and he had seen all these musicians that he wanted to see. And that's what inspired him to finally form a band. And they used to travel the West Coast and play in college towns. And then in the late 70s in Oregon, he formed the Robert Cray Band. And then in 1980, the first album came out called Who's Been Talking? And there, you know, it, there was moderate success and there were a couple more albums after that, but it was his fourth al- album, Strong Persuader in 1986 that really, really blew up. And actually he won the Grammy for that album. Um, you might remember, uh, one of our earlier episodes, I picked a Robert Cray band, uh, song called Strong Persuader, which is on that album. Um, so anyway, um, yeah. So my introduction to Robert Cray was from my dad. My, I, my dad was a big fan of, of his. And I remember buying him cassettes for his birthday or for Christmas because that was on his list. And I had no idea who Robert Cray was. I'm like, Oh, dad likes Robert Cray, you know, and he, he would, he, he loved. He loved his his music, and you know I don't remember listening to it too much. But then, in 1997, I went to see the Robert Cray Band play 
in Minneapolis. And it was for their tour of Sweet Potato Pie, which was one of their albums. And I wasn't as familiar. I, it was more something to do with my dad. And, you know, it's not that I didn't like Robert Cray. I just didn't know Robert Cray very well. And the show blew me away. Uh, his, his, his skill with the guitar, his voice is so smooth and soulful. And they actually did Strong Persuader. And in the middle of the song, the power went out. And he still kept performing. And everybody in the audience knew the song, except me, because I wasn't that familiar. And they sang the rest of the song with him. And it was an incredible experience. And I was hooked, man. I'm like, dude, this Robert Cray, I got to know everything. And I went and bought all these CDs. And I just became, you know, uh, a disciple of the Robert Cray band. And then he released an album, I think it was 97, 98, called Take Your Shoes Off. And it was a departure from Sweet Potato Pie and the music that he had done before. At least in my opinion, it was quite different. Um, I mean, not that different, but different enough. Um, kind of a Memphis soul uh, sound with blues. And then this album came out, 2001 Should Have Been Home. And I, this became my favorite album of his. And I actually got to see him on tour for this album. I was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And for Christmas, my, my wife, uh, Amy, she bought us tickets to go see him in Austin, Texas. And so we drove all the way to Austin and we saw him at La Zona Rosa. And, uh, I mean, I thought the show in Minneapolis was cool. La Zona Rosa, I was right at the stage and I had guitar, a guitar pick from, from him. And I, it, I, I, it was just, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had, uh, at a concert. I, he, he's a hell of a guitarist. He's if such a fantastic guitarist, such a great singer. Um, you know, he's played with the legends. He's played with Albert Collins. He's played with John Lee Hooker. He's played with BB King. He actually was performing the, that the last night that Stevie Ray Vaughan played. They were at the same venue that night. And anyway, um, the album itself, I think is phenomenal. I don't think there's a bad song on this album. Um, you know, he wrote quite a few of the songs, like six or seven of them. Um, it, I, I can listen to it over and over again. I never get tired of it. In fact, I think I probably listened to this album like five times in the last week because I'm like, I don't know what else to listen to. And I'm like, let's just listen to this because I like it. And, uh, I never get tired of it. I, I never get tired of it. It is my favorite Robert Cray album, hands down. Um, I don't think there will ever be one by him that I would like more. There's so many great albums, but this one stands out for me and my experience with it as well. Um, and if I had to pick my favorite, favorite track, it's going to be hard, man. Um, it would probably be out of Eden is my favorite track. 
maybe because it's a nine minute song and my love for long songs. I was definitely disappointed that night because I'm like that guy at the at the concert going play out of Eden and he never did. But that's OK. The rest of the show is phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, man, I I adore Robert Cray. Uh, he's he's a great great musician, great blues musician, great singer, songwriter. Uh, he's the he's the full package. Uh, I'm gonna stop gushing over here. What did you guys think? Uh, I was gonna say, man, um, you hit the nail on the head uh, when you were talking about um, Lazona Rosa and and him being there same night, Steve Ray Vaughn and all. Like I said, we got great cheer, man. We, we got great cheer. We got legends. Uh, he, he definitely hit this hit spot on this one. That was a great album, great pick. Um, I know of him from Shame Plus a Sin. Mm-hmm. That was the album that I know of. You're gonna leave. You're gonna need me. That's my that's my rock solid right there. I, I mm-hmm. love that. We're with the passion. Um, this album definitely flowed. You could tell that the style did change. Um, from taking shoes off, you know, coming into this situation. Um, it's, it's, it's more of a mellow type style. It's more of a, you know, I'm, I'm gonna make you listen to me, but you don't have to get up hyped with me. But if I played this live, you're gonna love it. That's the kind of feel that I got from the album all the way through from head to toe. I definitely love the, the, the complexity of the songs, the change of the tempo within the music. Um, my favorite pick on this album for me would have to be no one special because that's that that kind of tugged at my heartstrings, you know, trying to trying to please a woman that you know, wants all this wealth and fame and all this stuff. And you're like, damn, I can't do that shit. <laughs> but, it, uh, you know, it hits the spot. So it's like not saying that that's my wife or anything like that, but I've definitely been in that type of situation. But somebody wants to find her things in life and you're like, OK, well, you know, I'm a nobody in comparison to the people that you try to be around. So but all in all, man, this was a great pick and, and I definitely love your style. And um, yeah, man, if he comes back through, please let me know or wherever he's going to be at. Let's let's hit the road together. Man. He is he is performing, um, but he's he's coming to Dallas and I think Houston, but he's not coming to Austin. <laughs> Where when? Just let me know when. Uh, yeah, I think September. Okay, I'm there. <laughs> Better date. We can my head on the road. I don't have no problem with that. Let's go see him, man. I would love to do that. Yeah. Real talk. It puts a great show on. Good show. Night. So, I was... I, so, this was uh, kind of my first introduction to him. I, I've never heard him before. Um, this was very... So, what... It was blues. Don't get me wrong. And I liked it. It was very chill blues. Like the, the whole album is like so chill. Like it's and like you said, it was smooth. Maybe it's it, it's it's a voice. But part of it is like it's just so laid back and chill. I mean, there there's, you know, he's making you listen, but you're still like, I'm just sitting relaxing to this type of thing. And um, it was, yeah, it was kind of a weird experience. I listened to it at least two or three times. Um, it was, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I miss, I miss the blues. I should listen to the blues more. Um, you know, the, the first, the first four tracks, you know, the choice tracks, you know, that was like going back to church. And then this was just like relaxing <laughs> Sunday punk, Sunday picnic afterwards, you know, type of thing. So, um, but I don't know. It was, it was, I liked it. Um, if I had to pick one, it's 
Well, so the the two that I'm on is like lovesickness, but then the one that I just come back to, and and I still haven't nailed down the full story behind it, but I just is that out of Eden because like just that whole concept, like you know, we're here, but then they turned our backs on us, we left, so we're out of Eden, but we're still gonna make it. You're like that story there. It's just like. You know, there's. I know there's something I'm missing on that story, but like that story is just kind of like, okay, I get this. Yeah, it, it's that's a such a unique story, but yeah, for me, cool. Yeah, nice. What, what do you think, there, Damon? Oh, he's having technical difficulties, folks. You dropped the mic, y'all. Right? Yeah, that's how I said. I was in awe by the Robert Cray band, and I know I do like I do like his music. I think it's a really nice album, very slow-paced guitar. Um, I think it's I like your story, Brandon, about how when the power went out, everybody knew the lyrics. That would, that's such a great moment. In all the concerts I've gone to, there was one that I can relate to with that. I think it was Nathaniel Rateliff at a the power didn't go out. It was at the Moody Theater. That's kind of like a smaller place, but um, they like stopped playing guitar and everybody just started. They all knew the lyrics, so they were singing along, and it was like gave me goosebumps, man. Oh my god, yeah, I love I love that when a show gets like that. Everybody's into the music. They really know the artist's music. Big fans. Yeah, that's always a good good feeling. Um, yeah, I like I like the instrumental song on this for something that doesn't have a lot of lyrics renew blues has that kind of like old school blues guitar sound which is what i really i really dig and that's what we we're just talking about with all our choice tracks throughout this episode but yeah for this album it's it does seem like blues mixed with i think robert cray is not just blues right he's a like blues soul so it's like kind of like um it's like harmony, blues, and soul mixed. I know there's a difference between different styles of blues and soul music and stuff like that, but this is definitely a good mix of all that. And then what's what's the year for this album again? 2001. 2001. Oh, that's a yeah, that's perfect. That's a that's a beginning yeah beginning of 2000, so the end of 90s. Like that that's a, that fits in really well. This is definitely, yeah, this definitely has a little bit of, like, a, a 90s sound to it, which is it's nice in some ways, you know? I, I'm more a fan of the older blues, though. But, yeah, I love this. <laughs> Sorry, dude, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's two, two artists that I could think of that have that smooth delivery to just make you want to listen. It's not over the top. It's not yeah. throwing everything out the window. It's literally right there in that pitch. And it's, it's really within their voice and, and, and tone of the delivery. And to me, it's, um, it's definitely Robert Craig. And the other person that came to mind when I was listening to him was Ray Prim. I think both of them have a similar style of delivery when it comes to, to just making you listen to the story of what they're saying and how they're saying it. And it's it's definitely a, a right delivery and right right type of music or right type of mood. It can set the mood very easily, and and, and that allows his approach to how he comes across the music now. So yeah, definitely cool. 
I feel yeah. No, that's that's a really that's a that's a good point. I like your perspective there, Dietrich. And I I feel like Robert Cray would be really good live. I feel like you'd be better live than listening to the album. So uh, yeah, I wish I wish I was at that show with you, Brandon. Someday we're gonna see a show together, my friend. Yeah, maybe in September. Let's let's, let's see about making that happen. I'm <laughs> that'd be nice. Dead ass serious. Dude, that'd be awesome. Gosh, you can't go. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll work I'll, it out, bro. We'll work it out. We'll work out for sure. But, okay. I'm going to have a beer in my hand for sure if I go to that show. Man. <laughs> so, okay. Cool. So, um, was, do we have a new homework? Diedrich, do you oh, yeah. have homework for us? Yeah. Do, do I have homework for y'all? Oh, well, let's see. Um, yes, I do have homework for y'all. And my homework is definitely not, uh, not smooth, not blues. Um, my homework comes from, uh, artists that used to be part of a duo. Um, this duo was real popular back in, uh, um, late nineties, but early two thousands, um, sort of mix. And it's actually, um, one of my favorite albums that came out. Um, it, it, well, his album, when he separated from his partner, um, he actually started coming out with solo albums. And this one came out in 2012. And it's during my time of really trying to, like, discover my uh, instrumentation and coming out with different sounds and everything while I was still involved in music heavily. And so, um, the name of the artist is Sir Michael Rocks of the Cool Kids. And the album itself is called Lap of Lux. L-A-P of L-U-X. Lap of Lux. Sir Michael Rocks. Okay. So y'all give that one a listen. See what y'all think about it. And we'll come back and talk about it. All right. Sounds good. All right. Um, Go ahead. Anything else before we wrap this up? All right. Well, this has been uh, Choice Tracks. Uh, wait, can, wait, wait. No, oh, no, no. Oh, so, what, Taj, you, you, just, you need to get a harmonica. So when next time. Get, okay. Yeah. I'm starting a blues band, and you're going to be harmonica. I'm going to be harmonica? You are, dude. You're going to – we'll have you <laughs> – so when we play shows, you'll just be on a monitor because you can't be there. Right. Yeah. We'll play shows in Austin. And if we go South Dakota, then we'll see you know. Okay, gotcha. You'll play the harmonica, I'll play the washboard. We'll, we'll figure out some other other instruments to get involved with it. We can we can make it work. We can make it work. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Bruce Willis will be there, maybe. Bruce, the, why is Bruce Willis gonna be there? Is this some weird dream with Bruce Willis jumping in? What the heck? Hey. He's a blues artist, dude. If you know the blues, man, let him jump in. Let's get it. <laughs> Call the collab. We we got to get that off the ground. Let's get it going. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up then. Uh, you can find this on choicetracks.com or email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Um, please subscribe and listen to all past and future episodes. Let's go ahead and sign out. I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm John Lee Hooker. No, I'm Damon. And I'm Jeez, that doesn't sound as cool. Uh, I'm Damon. Yes, that's all, all good. Right. I'm Dietrich. Uh, we're going to pick up the needle, but y'all keep spinning those choice tracks. <laughs>